financial bondage that's been holding you back? Are you ready to take charge of your finances to cut your mortgage payment in half while reducing your taxes significantly? If yes, then this podcast is for you. Fiscal Fitness and Freedom can pay off the national debt in less than 10 years. So from humble beginnings of just about $500, Scott built a billion-dollar mortgage company. So here's your host, Scott Smith. Welcome to Fiscal Fitness and Freedom. We are your hosts, Laura Lewis and Scott Smith. How are you, Scott? Doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. We were just chatting about how it's getting chilly, and I know you're you're living out there in the country. Oh yeah. Um, I'm here in the city in Manhattan, and it kind of got me thinking about what the differences are between like city living and rural areas, and not just the obvious ones, right? Like we have a lot more restaurants and, you know, access to stuff. Um, but I think, you know, living where you're living, it's a little bit quieter, possibly like a lower cost of living, things like that. And I wonder how that plays into, or just geography in general, how that impacts economic opportunities, what the challenges are being faced and things like that. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, remote jobs is beginning to change that landscape, you know, But I'd say primary draw to cities, if you survey people, it's jobs, you know, it's availability of jobs and concentration of people gives rise to jobs. And so that's always the challenge in the rural areas is how do people earn a living, you know, apart from the usual of agriculture, which is you're going to be able to do that rurally easier than in Manhattan. Can't farm much in Manhattan. (laughs) But for, and so there, that disparity between the city and the country side, I think is one thing you don't hear a lot that I think is a primary issue is the monetary economy jobs are in the city. And that's where, you know, and you can see where monetary economy jobs are. It drives the economy because the type of money people make in the monetary economy versus in the real material economy, that disparity starts there. So in Florida, because you have so many hedge funds and, you know, financial institutions moving down there. The wealth is growing exponentially in a lot of South Florida. And those are monetary economy jobs that are going down there. And so you have, it's a shift because cities used to be where the factories were. The fact cities grew up around factories where they were producing goods and services. And you still have a lot of manufacturing in a city, but it's declined somewhat. And so you get this kind of irony of where, you know, this sort of fictitious monetary economy drives all of these jobs in a lot of, especially certain cities. And so the wealth level really rises, but then you get a greater disparity within that city itself because you've got workers who are only there because they need a job. They have no other alternatives and they're relatively poor. And so you have, you know, the people servicing all of that who live around a city. It's a very complex environment and you can get the impact of poverty in a city is very different than the impact of poverty in the country, you know, in the rural areas. Because, you know, especially with multi-generation people who've lived in the country and they at least own their property. 
you know, and they're growing their food and they're, they're more self-sufficient. Many will hunt or fish. And, and so they make it and their quality of life is very different than poverty in a city, you know, where you don't have those types of options. So it's a complex thing, both economies, the rural economy and the city economy have their own challenges. But I think there's a lot of areas, rural areas, especially attractive areas in which the remote workers are moving in. And you're seeing that in a lot of areas that I that I visit a lot where there's a new form of poverty coming in, in which as workers, as people are moving out of the cities with remote jobs that are pretty well high paying, they're buying up property in the rural areas and the people who were there are being forced out because they can no longer afford the rural area they used to live in. So you have this gentrification of rural areas that is beginning to happen. And again, the poverty that comes out of that is pretty excruciating. So again, it's an example of how the monetary economy has this sort of undue influence on the material economy where there's an unfairness about it. And so we go back to the Financial Freedom Act, you're taxing that monetary economy instead of the material economy. And basic income, earned income credits, healthcare and all that would have a huge impact on the poorer people in the rural areas and makes the difference from them just sliding into hopelessness and actually being able to, to live a life. So, yeah, it's an interesting one. I, you know, I've always preferred rural environments, you know, so (laughs) it's a little peaceful. Yeah, it's so peaceful. But I see where so many of these rural environments are rapidly changing. You know, we were just visiting Boulder, Colorado, and which is where I lived for 30 years. And one of the areas in the mountains that I lived in that was quite rural you know, only 10 minutes out of the city, that entire area has been subdivided and it's just houses everywhere. It's triple the population in this one little valley. And that's occurred in the last five years. And so that gentrification of the rural area is has its own negative impact in the urban areas. So yeah, it always comes down to that a major challenge in our nation, whether it's rural or urban, is that there's large percentage of the wealthy that earn their livings in the monetary economy and are not contributing to the GDP at all. They're not contributing to goods and and services. And that that has given rise to this huge monetary economy that is not taxed. And you get a disparity there. And so, you know, the Financial Freedom Act is required because of that disparity between monetary economy and material economy, not so much rural versus urban. Both of those environments suffer because of the monetary economy versus the material economy. So interesting. One thing I've noticed as well is there's different roles and, you know, like now looking back to the city, cost of living in Manhattan is extremely high. And so the idea that you could live here on $50,000 a year as a salary is nearly impossible unless you have like several roommates, et cetera. You're really trying to make ends meet somehow. So what I recently heard is that companies are now doing these remote jobs and 
outsourcing them to lower cost of living states. Mm-hmm. So they're hiring specifically in, you know, Texas or, you know, areas where, you know, mm-hmm. they can live and mm-hmm. it's a good living and everything is doable with that. And so now that's taking the cost of living element out from a New York based company that mm-hmm. is now able to hire in other places. And I think there has to be some type of effects on that as well, right? Because yeah, th- that one, is, like you were yeah. find those areas differently, but also now what the effects are on the people left in the city that, mm-hmm. you know, all these entry jobs or, you know, anything in that realm and these jobs are now being put somewhere else. Yeah, there's, I think that cities may see falling values I mean, there's certainly cities have an awful lot of office space in them and that commercial real estate value of office space. That's like a really iffy thing coming up over the next 10 years and movement of more and more people into the rural areas with remote jobs that are higher paying is definitely impacting the cost of living in the rural areas. It's just going up quite a bit. And so both of those trends hurt both cities and the rural areas. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's a problem. It's possible that smaller communities may begin to thrive in different areas. But again, you know, it's energy is a major issue there. And we, you know, we don't have a strong rail system in our nation, unlike some other nations, in some measure, just because our nation's so big. But China's big and they have a very strong high-speed rail system. And so that would make it more affordable. But it's true. As soon as people are moving out of cities, because, you know, all you're doing is increasing the price of the rural areas and then you have urban decay. So, yeah, all these problems do tend to occur because of the disparity between the monetary economy and the material economies. That's why a tale of two economies is so essential for us to understand the real dynamics of what are going on behind the scene. So the problems with our current financial operating system express itself in damaging ways in both rural and urban environments. And Financial Freedom Act would help a lot of that in a certain measure. You know, you get like in Florida without the income tax, you're getting that influx of very wealthy people. If we moved over to a payment tax, then there's no difference between tax basis between states or very little difference. That would really change demographics in certain areas. And, you know, it's just the monetary economy is an interesting thing because it generates an awful lot of wealthy people who are serviced by people in the material economy. And there's a definite unfairness about about that situation because you've got people who are creating the standard of living and goods and services, and they're just not making the same as these other people who are not contributing towards goods and services and yet are consuming so much more. There's a problem with that. The Financial Freedom Act balances it out a little bit. It makes a huge difference in people's lives. But, you know, like if you're finding people in the lower 50 percentile getting triple to quintuple what they're making today because of this minuscule tax on the monetary economy. That just shows you disparity of what's going on. Definitely. Well, maybe people who are living in rural and urban environments, send in your comments and thoughts, and maybe we could explore more of the actual problems that are going on and how the Financial Freedom Act would help or not help some of these problems. Yeah. 
It's an interesting economic comparison between rural and urban. Thanks for the question. <laughs> Thank you, Scott. That was great. Okay. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. So that's it for today's episode of Fiscal Fitness and Freedom. Head on over to iTunes or wherever you listen and subscribe to the show. One lucky listener every single week who posts a review on iTunes will win a chance in a grand prize drawing to win a $25,000 value. Grand prize drawing for a private VIP mentoring session with Scott Smith himself. Be sure to head on over to fiscalfitnessandfreedom.com and pick up a copy of Scott's blueprint to discovering your own unique formula to personal success. And join us on the next episode.